temptations. We wouldn't even have life if it wasn't for your mercy, God. We would be consumed if it wasn't for your mercies. But we thank you that your mercies and your grace is upon our lives right now. We thank you that your presence is amongst us right now. Oh, Lord, we, we're just in awe. Sometimes I don't even know what to say because you're so amazing, God, that you would choose and save wretches like us and that you would even be amongst us, God. It blows my mind. I don't know about anyone else, but I know who I was. I know where I was, and I know what I'd done. I was like, Peter, away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. But you called me, and you spoke to my heart, God, and you set my soul free, a wretch like me, Lord. So we just thank you for your amazing grace this morning, God. Thank you for your amazing grace. Let us not, let us not grow weary in worship. Let us not, God, get so familiar with this glorious grace we've been given that it doesn't blow our minds and our hearts, that we grow dull and we grow dead, Father. You told the church in Revelation, stir up that little that remains in you, lest even that be taken from you. Lord, whatever little flame is left in us, I just pray the Holy Spirit will come and kindle that fire this morning. Come and quicken us. Your word says you quicken us, you awaken us. Your word says in Ephesians, awake, O sleeper, that Christ may shine on you. So everyone who's watching online, everyone who's here in this room, I pray for an awakening, Lord, a quickening of your holy presence, God, something that no man can do, that no preacher can do, God, but your presence and your power and your gospel can do it, Lord, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to worship you. For the privilege and honor that we have to bow before our King Jesus and just say, have your way. Lord, we're all going to bow. Every single knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus, you are Lord. But we have the, the joy to do it freely right now. One day every knee will bow, but right now we do it willingly. And we confess that you are Lord Jesus. We worship you this morning. Thank you for the freedoms we have in America to still worship you without persecution or fear of losing our families or our farms or our homes or even our lives. God, we pray for the persecuted church this morning in, in Afghanistan and Pakistan, all these areas of the world. We just ask you to be with our brethren, strengthen the churches in Africa and in Asia those in the Middle East, God, who are suffering right now, we just quiet ourselves and we turn off our world for a moment and we just can't even imagine walking in their shoes, God. But we pray your Holy Spirit will give them boldness, Father. Give them boldness to even die for the gospel. Let them not give in to the fear of man, oh God, because your word says we should fear God and not man. Lord, we just bless you this morning. We invite you and we ask you, Lord, to move in our hearts like, like you did it before. Do it again, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up a praise. Say thank you, Jesus. Give him a, give him a tongue. Give him a, a, a worship. Give him something from your own heart. Give him something from your own spirit. Just let it rise up online if you're watching in your room. Whoever's online watching, just let a song arise in you, a new song. Just let your hearts 
just bow before the king in reverence and in fear and in trembling and just worship God. Just focus on him for one moment. Just one glimpse of his glory. Your whole life will be changed. He's amazing. Let's uh, just sing a chorus or something one more time here. worship you right now in spirit and in truth we worship you with all our mind with all our heart with all our soul and strength god we thank you we bow before you and we kiss the sun we kiss the sun lest he be angry oh we thank you that you're not angry with us any longer because of the cross your wrath has been removed from us and your unfailing love has been poured out on us god We love you because you first loved us. We love you because even while we were yet sinners, you died for us, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let this gospel penetrate our hearts once again. And we give you all the praise and we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you doing today? How's everyone online? We pray that this uh, time of worship, thank you, Matt. Everyone just give Brother Matt a hand. That was just beautiful worship. You know, we, we don't worship the gift. We worship the gift giver, you know. But the Bible says give honor where honor's due. And uh, Matt's been just faithfully serving and doing a lot of things behind the scenes as Pastor Joe and Liz are out of town. We hope they're having a time of refreshing. We hope this, this time is refreshing to your souls. I know you guys are watching. Pastor Joe and Liz, we just say hello Thank you guys for your faithfulness to Freedom Church to pour into our lives. And uh, I hope that you see the fruit of your labor here as the, the, the worship is going forth and the word of the Lord is going to come forth. This is the fruit of your labor too. And so we just want to welcome everyone watching. Welcome you guys that are here to Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. My name is uh, Brett Hennis. I uh, used to be a missionary in Brazil for, for uh, quite some time, seven years with my wife. And uh, now I'm a a pastor here, assistant pastor and an evangelist. And um, today I was praying, you know, what to share with with the church. And, you know, evangelists, we're kind of simpletons. You know, we have we really just have one simple message and it's uh, it sounds almost repetitive. But, you know, it's it's the most glorious, the most amazing and the most powerful message in all of history. Amen. And and evangelists, you know, we kind of have like a one 
a one track uh, uh we're on like a one trail pony you know what what is it called one trick we have a one trick pony that's what it is we're always on one road we're always preaching one thing you know that jesus is the one way and he is the truth and the life amen and and you know i get to the the privilege to go all over the world and, and preach this gospel and and but today i want to share with you the glorious gospel of god the lord put this on my heart it is the most amazing important and beautiful story in all of history it's the most powerful and life-changing message that we can ever proclaim and it's called the glorious gospel paul paul said that in in first timothy chapter 1 verse 11 i'm just quoting it but paul he called it the glorious gospel that he was entrusted with. The glorious gospel. And what's so glorious about it? We're going to look at that today. You know, the glory of God is contained in this message. Have you ever fathomed that? Have you ever meditated on that? You know, what is the glory of God? It is the kabod in Hebrew. The weighty glory of God. The same glory that was so heavy and powerful that if a priest would walk in th this kabod, this presence of God, dwelled in the temple of God where the Ark of the Covenant was. Okay, in the cherubim, the golden box where they kept the commands of God, the law, the old covenant. And the presence of God dwelled in that room so heavily that if a man walked in that room unclean, he would drop dead. Even a priest who was called by God to offer sacrifice, they had to hang bells on his on his tassels and they had to have a rope on his feet because if he went in unclean ceremonially uh, ceremonially unclean or he had sin in his life unconfessed he would drop dead under the weight of this glory and they'd, uh, they couldn't go in and take him out because they would die so they would have to drag him out with the rope i mean that's how the glory we're talking about and see you know maybe you guys i know we're in church and I know many of you have, have heard the gospel. Many of you know the gospel very well. And many of you even believe in the gospel. Praise God for that. But, you know, maybe sometimes we, we become so familiar. You know, you watching online, maybe you've been a Christian many years. I know there's many seasoned saints here that I'm preaching to. But sometimes we become so familiar with what is so holy and so today I just want to, I want to reintroduce you to the gospel. Can I do that, guys? I want to reintroduce you to the gospel and to the story of God. So I'm going to read, you know, I want to go back before I dig into this. And I want to read to you, you know, where the word gospel is even derived from. You see, because we have to dig into this thing. We have to revisit this to understand it better so when you look up the word gospel it actually came from a greek word called godspell the greek word was godspell and it actually means it was like an anglo-saxon word and it meant good story okay sorry it, the, the original godspell was an anglo-saxon word which meant good story and then the greek word i don't know if i'll say this right but i don't speak greek evangelion that is actually the Greek word we get from the Anglo-Saxon word Godspell. The evangelion, 
And that's the good news itself, or it means a reward for bringing the good news or the good news itself. So it came from the gospel, came from this Anglo-Saxon word, good story, which, which came from the Greek, and then the Greek word came from that, which means good news. But understand, what, what the gospel is, is greater than good news. What it really means is, it's not just a good story, it's not just good news. It's amazing news. It's, it's good news, the word good in the Bible is different than we think of good. We go to a restaurant and we think, oh man, that was good food, right? We go have lunch with our friends. We go hang out or watch a movie. Oh, that was a good film. You see, the word good in the Bible is separate from the good we're familiar with. The word good, when Jesus said uh, to the young rich ruler, he came and he said, good teacher. Remember, Jesus said, wait, who's good but God alone? You see, good means something that's separate, something that's better than anything else. Only God is good. Only God is good. And you see, this good news is great news. It's better than any other news that we've ever heard of. That's just the history of where we get the word. Gospel. Evangelion. That's why we also, you know, evangelize. We go out and evangelize, which, which is what? It's the spreading of the gospel, which we'll get into later. So let's revisit the gospel today. I want to reintroduce you to the gospel. And the first thing I want you to know about this glorious gospel is this. The gospel is a mystery. Can you guys say that with me today? The gospel is a mystery. You see, in the end of Paul's letter to the Ephesian believers, you know, Paul, uh, it's Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to turn there with me real quick, I'll give you a second. Paul was writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, okay, which he had a key role in starting. And Paul himself was teaching them spiritual warfare, teaching them the armor of God, teaching them how to pray. And, and this is something so incredible to me. It's one of these very rare moments uh, uh, where Paul himself asks for prayer. It's, it's not normal. You understand? Paul very rarely asked for prayer. And it's so amazing what, what, what we find is that, you know, he didn't ask, you know, we all know Paul was imprisoned. Paul was beaten many times. Paul was persecuted pretty much every city he went for this gospel. But Paul's not sitting there, guys, you know, pray for me. Pray for my safety. Pray for my protection. He's not there, you know, like we do a lot of times, you know, when we're suffering and going through things he, that we make it about us. Paul... His only recorded request for prayer, he's asking that he would continue to preach the, the, this gospel boldly. Isn't that incredible? That he would be given utterance. So this is Ephesians 6. Let's just go there in verse 18 through 20. I'll read it and you'll catch it with me. So he's saying, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And then verse 19. And pray for me that utterance may be given unto me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. There it is. The mystery of the gospel. Then he says in verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains. 
that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak therein. You see, Paul is asking for prayer, not that he would stop getting persecuted, not that he would stop suffering, not that God would save him and rescue him. You know, a lot of us are crying Maranatha because we just don't want our life anymore on earth. We're tired of life, right? Paul wasn't saying that. Paul was saying, pray that I may continue to declare the mystery of this gospel boldly as I ought. I'm an ambassador of this gospel. I'm a, I'm a missionary. I've been sent by God to proclaim this thing. And he called it the mystery of the gospel. I found that incredible. The gospel is a mystery. You see, this message that we carry is a mystery. It, it's like a treasure that we bear, right, in these vessels of clay, the Bible says. We, we bear this in this earthen vessel, this treasure, this glory of God. See, this gospel is so good. It's beyond good. It's so amazing. It's beyond amazing. And it's so wonderful that it was actually hidden from mankind for thousands upon thousands of years. I need you guys to think about that for a moment. This gospel was a message that was so glorious, it was hidden from the world of men for thousands of years. It was a secret. It was a kingdom secret that God kept until a certain time to reveal to a certain people in a certain period of history. You see, understand, church, this gospel, <laughs> it's so good that the world of men were not even worthy of it. We're not even worthy of it. Do you understand that? We're not even worthy to receive this message. That's why Paul called it also the gospel of grace. You see, it's a message and it's a treasure that you and I are so unworthy of that the only way we could receive it was by grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9, you are saved by grace and not of works. Therefore, no man shall boast. And what is grace? Grace is the unmerited, the unearned, and the undeserved favor of God. So when you even hear this gospel, it's God giving you something you do not deserve. It's a gospel of grace. It's a gift of grace. You don't earn it. You can't, you can't attain it. It's unmerited favor from God. And for thousands of years, we think, oh, you know, who, who is God to hide this thing from men? They weren't worthy of it. And neither were we. He was just to conceal it until his time came that he was ready to reveal it. See, only, only those who really sought after it by faith would find it. From, from Genesis, from the beginning until the birth of Christ, everything we saw was almost like a hidden clue, a little, a little secret, a little piece of God's gospel puzzle kind of coming together. Everything we see in the Old Testament, in the Word of God, especially the Old Covenant, the covenant of the law, it was all really just a shadow and a type and a secret clue that was pointing us to the Christ. Amen? It was something that you really had to seek after and yearn and long for and dig deep to find. It's like when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God being like a hidden treasure and a man going into the field. He was seeking it, right? He was looking for something, and when he found it, he sold everything he had. 
to buy that field. You see, but it didn't all come together. The puzzle didn't all make sense until the centerpiece, which was Christ, actually came. You see, all these things that they saw were just shadows of Christ. They were types of Christ, but they weren't Christ himself. There, it was a mystery. It's like when you're putting together a puzzle until you really get the center or the vision of what the whole picture is supposed to look like, you can't fit the pieces perfectly together, right? You see, Christ is the center of the gospel, amen? Jesus is the center of it all, amen? He is, he is the mystery revealed. See, in the time of the judges, it was pointing us to the true judge. In the time of the kings, it showed mankind that no matter how godly was a man or how great a leader could rise, they were all faulty. There would come a greater king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords one day. Amen. In the era of Israel, they were all in that time awaiting the one king, the one true Messiah. You see the law in Galatians, Paul said it was only a schoolmaster that pointed us to Christ. It was just a temporary tutor. That's what Paul was saying. It was just in place for a time and a season until the Christ would come. It was just meant to do one thing, point us to Christ. All the prophets pointed to him. And they all saw little pieces of the puzzle. All the feasts and all the celebrations. All of creation cries out his holy name. All of creation declares this glorious gospel. And all of it reveals the great mystery of God. Amen? You see, we have to understand this thing is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's so amazing. But let me tell you something wonderful right now. <laughs> let me tell you something so exciting right now that this thing, this, this great mystery, this great kingdom secret that was once hidden from mankind, the Lord is now revealing it to all men. The Lord, now that Jesus has come, the true judge, the true king, the one of whom the prophets spoke, the one of whom all things point to, now the mystery of God and his gospel is being revealed to all mankind. Hallelujah. And you see, now, because of Christ, we can know the Father. We can know God as we are known. We can truly know Him. When Jesus was with His disciples, He was about to die and go to the cross. He was giving them His final, you know, message, His final sermon, so to speak. And He was telling them, don't be troubled in your hearts. You believe in God, believe also in Me. And he said, I'm going away to the Father, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I'll come and get you. And they're saying, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no other way to the Father except through me. We all know. John 14, verse 6. There's no other way to the Father but through me. I am the way to the Father. And then they said, Jesus, just show us the Father. Just, just come on, man. Just let's. Let's just get down to this thing and just show us the Father. Enough with the parables and the analogies and the, we don't understand. Just show us the Father. He said, wait, how long must I be with you? Have I not been with you 
and you still don't know me? He said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, he is the substance that they used to see in a shadow. We no longer see in, in part, we no longer see pieces of a puzzle. We see the very Christ himself. We see God's face in the face of Jesus. We see God's heart in the heart of Christ. He is the mystery revealed and made known. And that's why Paul said, pray for me, church, that I might continue to make this mystery known. God is revealing himself to all mankind through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. That is the the glory of this thing now that we live in. You know, there's a verse. I, I, I didn't look it up. It's just coming to me now. But it says, you know, kings and prophets longed to see the things that you see. Kings and prophets, for thousands of years, they longed to understand these things. And now you get to grasp it and see it. This is why the proclamation or the preaching and the spreading of the gospel, church, is so vital and important. You see, when we preach this gospel to people, we are actually, what we're doing is, we're literally unlocking, we're unlocking the door of heaven And we're making known the very mystery of God to to a lost and dying world. We're, We're making known something that they do not grasp, that they do not comprehend. You know, I have the, again, the privilege to travel the world and and preach this gospel. And do you understand? There's so many, there's billions of people who are blind. They don't grasp what we know. They don't have the relationship with God that we have. They don't have understanding. They're lost and without hope. You see, and in times past, God chose to to seal this glorious gospel because he's holy and he's just. But now God has chose to unlock and reveal this glorious gospel because he's so merciful and he's so loving. He's so merciful and he's so good. Hey, (laughs) hey. There's the kiddos, just like that. He, they want to learn, but I told my daughter, said, can I preach today, Daddy? She said, are you preaching? I said, I am. Pray for me. <laughs> She's like, can I preach too? I said, your time will come. Just wait. They're, they're, they're anticipating, but you see, God concealed it because he's so holy and just, but now he's revealing it because he's so loving and merciful. He wants all men to be saved. He's calling all creation back to himself and that's why we live in what we call the dispensation of grace hallelujah the dispensation of grace we are in the best time in the history of the world i hope you guys can finally in your prayer time in your study grasp the time that you live in because this is what all the kings and prophets longed for and see we're not called to hide this treasure and hoard this light under a bushel We're called to shine it out. You know, Jesus told Peter when they had this encounter and and he was asking his disciples because all these, uh, you know, half, I would call them, you know, um, these false followers or these half-hearted believers started leaving Jesus. He looked to his 12 and he said, you know, who do men say that I am? What, What is their revelation? What do they know about me? Well, some say you're a prophet, some say you're 
Elijah. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. Some say you're a teacher. Some s- he said, but who do you say that I am? And we all remember what Peter declared that day. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told him, Jesus acknowledged something in that moment. He said, Peter, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed are you for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Flesh and blood did not unlock this mystery to you. It was my father who is in heaven. That's why he said he, you are blessed. You see, this is the glorious gospel I'm talking about, guys. Another thing I want you to know about this glorious gospel. You ready? The second thing I want you guys to know is the gospel is eternal. Can you say that with me? The gospel is eternal. This gospel is the very story of God himself. It's so incredible. It's so amazing that it will be the one story and the only story that will be told for all of eternity over and over and over again. Amen. You see, the word of God says that before the world was made, the lamb was slain. You know that, right? In Revelation 13, 8, you don't have to turn there. Write it in your notes, though, if you're following me. In Revelation 13, 8, it talks about the book of life that is open And anyone whose book, all the names that are not written in this book are judged accordingly. But this book is called the Lamb's Book of Life in Revelation 13. And it says the Lamb's Book of Life, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. You see, this gospel was written 